the College Planning Edge. Multiply your odds of getting into your dream college and get your hands on thousands of dollars of fat, juicy scholarships. Brought to you by Lockwood College Prep, helping college-bound families get the edge in college admissions, financial aid, scholarships, and test prep. I wanted to talk to you about how to beg and grovel for more money from your colleges. Because as I record this, this is April 19th, 2023, to date stamp this, I am in the throes of begging and groveling. Um, Much of this information is summarized in my book, which is on Amazon, called How to Appeal or Negotiate Your, sorry, How to Negotiate Your Crappy Financial Aid and Merit Aid Offer. Um, It's also part of a course that I offer on our website, LockwoodCollegePrep.com slash appeals. So here's the gist of how to do a successful appeal. Um, One of the things you need to make sure is a factor in your appeal is that you're giving new information to the financial aid office or to the admissions office. So I'm going to talk mostly about how to appeal a need-based aid award. Um, However, this, this also applies to negotiating merit aid. Need-based aid is based on your income, how you completed your FAFSA, the free application for federal student aid, the CSS profile if the college required that, or any other financial aid applications. So the thing about how financial aid works is that it is retrospective. So if you have a child who's graduating this year, 2023, the income that went on your financial aid applications is from 2021. If your income since then, in 22 or even the first four months as I record this, of 2023, if that income has dropped significantly, then that is certainly a, an extenuating or special circumstance, to use the verbiage that financial aid officers use. And you should alert the financial aid office to that because they don't know about that because the financial aid applications are outdated in terms of your income. So I have a client, uh, his name is Rick, who in 2021 earned close to $320,000, give or take. Currently, because he was uh, downsized as an executive and he re-found employment, his annual salary is $90,000. So that is the basis of the appeal uh, that we are making for him and his son's college. Just to point something out here that often gets confused confused by uh, my clients is that having your income already dropped, in that case from 320-something to $90,000, is different than saying, I expect that my income will drop and it hasn't happened yet. That is not new information that a uh, financial aid office will consider. In fact, if you have just been laid off, meaning within a couple of weeks of listening to this and making an an appeal, most of the time the financial aid office will say you need to wait, you know, 10 weeks or 12 weeks or, or, or some period of time because they don't want to give you a new award based on the lower income only to have you turn around and say, hey, by the way, I got a job. Or, or perhaps not to tell them that. So 
just to be clear on what constitutes new information, that's stuff that's actually happened, not conjecture or speculation of what could happen in the future. All right, another example of information that they would not know about are extraordinary expenses. Not ordinary ones, but extraordinary expenses, because for the most part, expenses are not asked about on the financial aid applications. So typically, it's severe, dramatic types of uh, expense, such as you're supporting another family member. So I'm in the middle of of an appeal for a client whose daughter got into um, some terrific colleges, including Stanford and, and Harvard, and the family is divorced, and the child uh, lives with the low-income parent, and the higher-income parent has a relatively modest income. However, what is not painfully clear or obviously clear to the financial aid office is that uh, the other parent, the non-custodial parent, who is part of the equation, I should say, for Harvard and and Stanford. They ask about both the custodial and the non-custodial parent. Um, She also supports um, her parents and pays uh, a couple thousand dollars a month out of her own pocket just to help them get by. And that is typically something that does get disclosed on not the FAFSA, but the more complicated and extensive CSS profile, but my experience that pretty much gets blown off by financial aid offices when they evaluate awards. So to their credit, Harvard is actually asking a lot of follow-up questions to clarify these types of things. But just for purposes of this episode, this podcast, uh, I want to focus on the expenses. So those are extraordinary. Um, Those are out out of the ordinary. Most people don't necessarily pay Two or three thousand dollars a month to support their their elderly parents. Um, other examples are huge legal bills from a divorce, or um, a ton of unreimbursed medical expenses because one of the parents was was sick and health insurance didn't cover it. Those types of things. In contrast, saying that you live in an expensive area um, and you pay high property taxes. The cost of living is very high, you know, like in New York or California compared to other places. That's not new information because they already have your address and they have an understanding, basic understanding of what things cost where you live. So don't try that. Uh, don't try to pull that one off. You'll just get an eye roll. Um, how do you make these appeals? So I get questions about should I just call the financial aid office? I think in most cases I would not do that unless you already have some sort of rapport um, baked in that that pre-exists, which is possible but unlikely. I think for the most part, sooner or later, everything gets reduced to writing. So I would either – well, <clears throat> you don't have the choice. I would look at the uh, the website and the appeal process, and if you can't find it, then you can call and just ask them you know, what you need to do. Um, many colleges will ask you to complete an appeal form or a change of circumstance or a special circumstance or any, anything along those lines. There's different titles. And check off a box that might ask you about something having to do with the first two topics I just covered, loss of income, increased expenses. There might be other choices, and there might be an other box. 
And then these forms almost always ask for a letter of explanation, which is either a paragraph that you cut and paste into the PDF that's on the website, or you submit a separate one. Some colleges just say, just email us. You know, sometimes the smaller schools uh, prefer you just to send them an informal email outlining your, um, your, your, the reason for your appeal. Uh, these letters should always be very succinct and uh, mindful that the financial officer is not looking to read War and Peace. They're looking for a brief and respectful recitation. Do not be entitled or outraged or shocked or, uh, I mean, you can be privately, but don't put that in writing. And you've got to harp on the new information and how it affects your ability to pay for a college, how it reduces the resources that you have on hand to be able to afford tuition. Some people think you, sh um, you should ask for a specific amount of, of an increase. I sort of have mixed feelings about that. Um, again, if you have any type of rapport or they ask you to tell them uh, what, the, what you need to get to that school. Um, one of my other favorite techniques, and this happens not only for need-based but also for merit-based appeals, is to show offers from other colleges. And I would say something like, I'm attaching offers I got from other colleges, and I don't even know if this is proper to do so, but I've heard that sometimes colleges will match other offers. If you could do that, then uh, I'm, I'm ready to commit to your college. If there were magic words in this process, that would be it. I'm ready to, to send in my, my deposit. And again, if you want examples of these letters, uh, I mentioned uh, the website and the appeals class that we have. I mentioned my, uh, my book. And um, uh, there's plenty of other stuff floating around on, on the internet, which may or may not be helpful, but I've done my best to sort of compile these, these, uh, uh, these things into one easy resource, or two easy resources, I should say. But the bottom line here is that you should um, definitely try to ask for more money. Uh, in most cases, there's hardly any downside at all. They're not going to rescind your offer. The only time that I've, I've heard about, I haven't witnessed this firsthand, of any negative consequences for asking for more money came from a um, client of mine who previously worked with a different college advisor who had neglected to disclose close to a million dollars of CDs that the client had, and the reason that he recommended, it, it wasn't just an oversight, the reason that he, that he recommended not disclosing those was because the client had borrowed against them, wiping out the value. And so economically, I don't think there was anything wrong with that advice, by the way, but um, when the client went back to Boston College to appeal a decent award that her son had received, uh, apparently... BC started scrutinizing their, their entire application they previously submitted, and they then noticed that there was a bunch of interest that was filtering through on her personal tax return. I think it was line 8A or 7A or something. And then they said, well, wait a minute, where did this interest come from? And then the client had to go back and explain, oh, well, we have a million dollars of CDs. So in that case, Boston College took away either all, uh, I think it was all, of the initial award. But if you haven't done anything like that or anything, you know, weird or or or, uh, or skeevy, because none of the listeners of my podcast would ever do that, then um, there's no harm 
in uh, and asking for more money. But just remember your tone. Remember to not waste your time. Remember what the good arguments are. And if you want more information, check out LockwoodCollegePrep.com slash appeals or, and or go to Amazon for how to negotiate your crappy financial aid and merit aid award. Um, both are by me, Andy Lockwood. Thanks for listening. I hope this helps, and uh, good luck in your groveling. Thanks for listening to the College Planning Edge podcast. For more information about our Inner Circle group coaching membership, which is a great way to dip your toes in the water of the whole college planning morass, um, and get access to our double secret software, College Guru software that helps you create a strategic list of colleges and identify fat, juicy, merit aid, and need-based aid opportunities, as well as some other benefits, check out the Lockwood Inner Circle at lockwoodinnercircle.com and use the coupon code PODCAST for 50% off the first month's membership. Thanks for listening.